0: Whilst driving her back to her, he shits himself oh. and projectile vomits oh. over his steering wheel <gasps> and all down the front of himself.
1: I found myself in this ball Making mistakes and making new friends I was growing up and nothing made sense Okay, well, I think, first and foremost, we owe everyone a big apology for last week's shocking audio.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was our worst amount of full listens going through from start to finish, and quite a lot of people we did speak to, like, um, well, I said, there was probably, I think there's about 20, 25 people that had actually listened to it all the way through, but a few people just said, like, it got to a point where it was just doing my in.
1: So we do apologise, and... Goes without saying, the speaker is no longer with us. No. So we are going without the speaker this week, so to bring you the best quality audio. And this week, Down Good Friends is fuelled by Blue, Blue Moon. Moon. Mango flavour.
0: Yeah, nice. For routine.
1: And it's a Belgian wheat beer for those of you who have never heard of it, nor had it. But Down Good Friends are now back in action after taking a little bit of time out over the long UK bank holiday weekend.
0: Yes, a nice time in the forest, long walks.
1: Rambling, found some logs to sit on and take a cool photo. If we're going to drop a country album, that is going to be the...
0: Uh, album cover. The
1: front cover right there. So as always, we're going to start this episode off with a couple of Would You Rathers, and then we're going to get into the show, which is going to be uh, coming back onto social media and how it's had an effect on, on friendships and, and what we believe the effect has been on Friendships. So Ben, without further ado, would you like to hit me with a would you rather? You can go first this week.
0: So my would you rather is, would you rather be unable to close any door once it's open or unable to open any door when it's closed? I don't really understand it, if I'm honest. I've got to to take a minute to process it. So like a context would be like, um, so Hannah's open your front door and you're going to leave to go out you can't physically close it because she's opened it. Or the other way around, you've walked to the front door, you can't open it because it's closed. Hannah has to open it for the rest of your life. That's actually really tough.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I can either open a door or close a door. I can't do both. Yeah, but based off of whether it's open or closed itself. So if the door is already open, you can't close it. And if the door is already shut, you can't open it. Okay. So at the moment, you wouldn't be able to leave this room unless I open that door. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'd do. i have someone open doors for me. <laughs> Just shut me in the kitchen, yeah. I'm happy. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think I'd probably have the opening the doors. Yeah.
1: Simple fact being, I'm okay being in a room of my own. Yeah. So if, if got, I have to be shut into a room for a little while, that's fine.
0: As long as there's a fridge.
1: And yeah, exactly. Fridge and some water and some beers and I'm good to go. So my Would You Rather is obviously a little bit more rogue. As always. Uh, it's not too bad though. It's quite tame for me, I think.
0: Okay, no no bestiality, no no, no no bestiality, parents, no, no no
1: parent. It's not even that sexual. It's not even no sexual.
0: No sexual. Wow, you're a changed but man.
1: Would you rather eat up a load of sick you found in an alleyway,
0: <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> or throw up every time someone says your name forever?
0: Oh, I'd rather eat some sick I found in an alleyway. Well, I don't know actually. Mm. Any time anyone says your name, no, I think I'd go throwing up. You'd have
1: to. What you you'd rather throw up every time someone says your name?
0: Yeah, because I just make everybody call me not by my name. I know there'll be odd times where people just for a laugh will just say my name and I throw up. But you can. No, this this is this is going a bit off the rails, but you can contract HIV through sick because it's a fluid out of someone's body. So if you ate that. Yeah, that's why I can't comprehend it. I wouldn't okay, be able to do it. that's a fair point. It's a risk. It's too, it's too big a risk.
1: But you have to bear in mind, you cannot, for, for the benefit of this,
0: would you rather, you cannot um, change your name. People have to I can't change your name. Everyone has to just call me Ben and I Chanda. I'm still going with Ben and Chanda. What? even? I don't actually mind Chanda. Like, often on nights out, I'll go for a tactical Chanda. What, what if you're on top
1: and as she climaxes, she says your name and you throw up all on her face
0: every time? I don't mm-hmm. think about that. Nah, that'd be right. Because if you just met the girl, I'd just make a habit of like telling the new love interest that my name's Dave. <laughs> just not tell her. Whatever you do, don't scream Ben. Just whatever you do, do not scream Ben. Just call me Dave.
1: So you're going to go with throw up every time someone says your name?
0: Yeah, I just don't think I could. Like, I could actually stomach eating someone sick, but I just think the fact of that risk is just not worth It's playing on fire, isn't it? Having,
1: having ate someone sick before, I'll just, I'll just eat the
0: sick. <laughs> <laughs> what all the things to go out with mate I, I think there's worse things I've, I've, you've eaten a urinal cube so
1: yeah, yeah I got barred from a local pub for, for, <laughs> for thanking the barmaid for the free pineapple chunk and when she said what pineapple chunk I was chewing on a uh, a little freshener that you find in the urinals and she nice. barred me but that was the old me I'm changed now I'm a responsible parent and actually <laughs> I've had to um, I had to stop drinking I know we're having a couple of beers tonight but I've got like a four beer limit or four drink limit these days,
0: but cap yourself. I have to
1: because I'm so old
0: <laughs> and so rogue when you're drunk. <laughs>
1: that every time I drink now, I'm vomiting and I can't do it. But also, it's starting to like take away from my time with with Hannah and Colby because a I'm I'm wasted. I'm absolutely white girl wasted, and I'm t- reckless. Yeah. B the next day. It's a write-off. I think we said it before on a previous podcast that a hangover is no longer a hangover when you get to our age. It's same as it's like the same recovery time as minor surgery.
0: Yeah, and I think like it's it's almost like as much as it's a delayed recovery, it's like a delayed process because I feel like when you were younger, you sort of like you drank, you woke up, felt a little like when you immediately woke up, you always thought stuff like I must be still a little bit drunk because I feel rough, but I can handle it. Start to feel like a bit worse. And that's like your hangover. And it might be like into the evening of that day, then you start feeling normal again. Whereas like I feel now, it's like a two-day process. It's like you've gone out and you've got drunk, say on the Friday night. The Saturday, I still kind of feel pissed. I can cope, but I'm a bit nauseous. But then Sunday, I'm just dead, tired, can't move, can't be asked to do anything, not hungry.
1: <laughs> the perfect example was Tenerife.
0: Yeah so broken men. Th-
1: Thursday night was unplanned anyway. Yeah. And then Friday night yep, all hell broke loose. Saturday a bit ropey, but we'd be we sort of pushed through it. Sunday comes around. niche. niche. No. Nope. No. Nope. Then somebody got me a a, a green pint. And when you yeah. he, when he turn the glass one way, the contents like turn the, the other way. yeah. Maybe it's it's it. like porridge. It's horrible.
0: <laughs> that was that was the night that we all decided to just not drink. I think we gave, we went into we walked up and down the strip, like, must have been like three or four times. Yeah. And just the looking McDonald's. at bars, thinking, like, we're, we're not interested. We went to McDonald's and we went in that real quiet bar. We ordered one round of drinks, Do weren't you know, feeling it. And we walked back down the strip, walked into another bar, and we just thought, let's just spend all our money on balloons. So we just did, yeah. <laughs> just did balloons. Just doing balloons on the strip. Just doing
1: balloons instead of drinking alcohol. And the reason we actually went into that bar, it's called Lava, is because she said, oh, um, there's people from Love Island in there.
0: I yeah, don't, I I, but
1: i don't know why like i i bit i don't know like because i hate love island we waited. I hate everything it stands for and i thought oh we go going there but we got in there and i'm pretty sure no one was there we, to, we were the only ones
0: there. To, we got in and she was like your um first round of drinks are free and um she come over and asked what we wanted and we were ordering like real annoying shit like i think it was like Where's asked for a green tea and then like Kurt <laughs> asked for a coffee, and they were just looking at us like, "Really?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're broken." <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to sell pot of tea, if That's all right.
1: <laughs> Good old days when we could. well that that was probably the turning point for me with, with when I could handle it and no longer handle it. Before yeah. that, I was fine. After that, I
0: just can't handle a hangover anymore. I think as well, like it depends on the circumstance. Like I don't know what it is, but like when it comes to things like stag do's and stuff like that. I feel like I can handle drinking more than I could just like a random Friday night having a drink here. Because it's almost like your body knows it needs to just let out all energy slash endorphins slash coping mechanisms to get through that weekend. Do you know what it is? You have months and months and months of a stag do to
1: prepare yourself for what's coming. Whereas on a a random Friday or a random Saturday, it just happens and then your body's like, nah, we're not doing this anymore. But on a stag do or a pre-planned event, you've got so much time to... (laughs) To think about it, process it, and, and think about what's going on.
0: Although I do have a um, thing that proves that theory slightly wrong. Go on. Obviously, your or our podcast party was planned, and you had a bottle of tequila and went south really quick. Mm. <laughs>
1: yeah, I feel like the most annoying thing about the last podcast and the and the, the shit audio was how good that podcast was because it was it was like a couple of days after that podcast launch party. Yeah. And we were like still buzzing. Buzzing about it, yeah,
0: yeah. Hanging but (laughs) buzzing.
1: But uh, the stories that were coming out, I don't know if anyone's listened to it and heard it or what, but never mind, I'm sure they'll get told again. But um, yeah, maybe you're right. Like we, that had been planned for a little while and it still still didn't end up too well for me. Which again was just a turning point for me. I've got to knock it on the head.
0: Yeah, I think like we are both at that sort of age now where
1: also like when you're at a wedding and you're trying to get the bride's boobs out it's not not a good look (laughs)
0: no i think as well with things like drinking and uh, your social occasions and stuff like that they tend to come like full circle like dependent on like what point you're at in your life if Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um so at the moment we're obviously at a stage where everyone starts to like settle down buy the houses start a family um not necessarily a little bit less social but less um off the rails with their social life. It's more like soirees now than what it is, parties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, rather, like, go have a meal at a pub Mm. on a Friday night and have a few drinks, and you're probably home and in bed still, by like half past 11.
1: Yeah, which I'm actually totally okay with. Shall we get into this week's show?
0: Yeah. So this week we decided to move on from our views of the social media and its effects on dating, how dating's changed from... Uh, when we were younger till now and we decided to move on to talking about our friendships so the thing with growing up from like your teens say to your 20s you gain like a huge social bubble of acquaintances that you they're not really that important to you um, but at the time obviously you consider they are important and then once you get into your 30s and your priority shift you realize that you basically fucking hate people and you cull a lot of those friends down. So you have like a sort of core five or six people and their partners that are like really important to you and you spend a lot of time with them. But the thing in most cases, I think is you always have like now in that like five or six friends that you've got, one of them's always tends to be like a, a douchey friend, like the one that gets naked at every opportunity or The one that gets so wasted, they fall asleep, stood up on the dance floor, or the one that eats gherkins out of a jar and washing it down with a bottle of tequila.
1: Can I just jump in here? Yeah. I feel attacked.
0: (laughs) They weren't all about you. One of them was aimed at you. I feel like they were all about me. When I say say douchey, I don't mean douchey as in like they are a bad person. I just mean like that it's your one friend that's. There's rogue. Mm-hmm. But I think my, my, the thing with me in most cases is I found in my life that rather than having one douchey friend, my five or six rival die people, like, they're not all douchey, but they all have the capability at different points. They all have douchey qualities. Yeah, so like, all of us do.
1: Like you can, So you can guarantee I'm the guy that's going to so remember, my, let's take my barbecue back at my old house, for example. I was wasted by 6pm. Before the first guest had got there, I was yeah. shot away, right? Which resulted in me dropping all of the barbecue food yeah. and then falling through my fence.
0: Yes, whilst holding your Whilst holding uh, my niece. niece, yeah.
1: She was okay, just as a disclaimer.
0: But then obviously at that party, you were the rogue friend. But then I've been to like, so I made a comment there about eating gherkins out of a jar. That's one of my friends, Jen, which is, I've been at a social occasion where she was so pissed, she was hugging a jar of gherkins, eating out of the jar, whilst washing it down with tequila. Rogue person. That is great. I've got another friend that at his wedding got stuck as naked at the hotel with his mates that he plays rugby with. Awesome. Again, he became the rogue person. And I mean, I've even got qualities. I mean... To be honest, it's not even involved in drinking. It, it my kryptonite is, the, which you know, is the song Pony. Mm-hmm. I could be food shopping in Tesco's, and that song could come on in the background, and I'll push the cart out of the way, and the nearest woman is getting some sort of, sort of show. Ground beef. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
1: But I'll, I'll happily accept like the role of um, the liability. Potentially, would you say is li- liability? Uh
0: yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily, like, liability,
1: but... I would call myself a social hand grenade. There's a point where the pin comes out and once the pin's been pulled, the pin's not going back in and the hand grenade is going off.
0: Yeah. That's, I think like, that's
1: probably that's a, a good way to describe me.
0: Yeah, I think, like, obviously, with regards to the podcast party, like, you definitely got to that level. As soon as that It's basically, as soon as the tequila came out of the freezer, that's when you pulled the pin.
1: For example, the first... I'll give you two times. The first two times I met Hannah's family. Okay, once uh, they'd gone out for a, a sit-down Indian. And granted, I I just buried one of my friends. Okay, so I was it was a military funeral, so I was pretty um pretty messed up. And I decided to meet them at the meal after I'd been to the wedding and been to the wake. So I bowled into the sit-down Indian, the in Netley in my number two's uniform and I've just slumped on this di- on the dining table. i just fallen asleep. <laughs> Everyone's like having dinner around me. It's the first time I've gone out for a, a sit down with them. Everyone's having dinner around me and I'm, I'm just like a, a dribble in a mess, asleep on the, on, the, uh, on the table. Then I come round, I go and pay the bill, but Hannah's dad had already paid the bill, so I just ended up paying double anyway. Um, and then I've, I woke up. On Hannah's mum and dad's old house driveway, in the passenger seat, at Hannah's car, with Ollie knocking the window, like laughing at me through the window. <laughs> I had no clue where I was. And then the second time was Hannah's birthday. Again, we'd gone out for a sit-down Indian, and because Hannah's family are so like uh, friendly with the guys who run it, they just chuck a bottle of sambuca on the table and said, "Have it." So I drank most of it. Yeah, it's getting passed around, and I was doing shots, but I'm not like, drinking it from the bottle, you know. Yeah. And then um, a few of us have gone into uh, town to hit a few bars from there and I think I'm on like absinthe and stuff you know Um, and we've gone into Oceana gone into disco and I'm on the dance floor in disco No, remember remember disco I've got the multi-coloured dance floor like a Rubik's Cube Yeah, yeah yeah I'm on disco's dance floor yeah cock out yeah just pissing on everyone
0: that's disgusting
1: and then I've gone back to where we were sat yeah and I proceeded to wipe my member on Hannah's sister's boyfriend's leg to, to dry it. That's amazing. Um, I was arrested that night.
0: <laughs> he was a copper. <laughs> no, off duty. I got
1: arrested that night. And then I had to go Monday morning, stand in front of my sergeant major, and he tore me a new one as to why I got that drunk in public and sort of brought the army into disrepute. That's so that's fun. my role as a friend, as a friend. Yeah. that's the sort
0: of thing you. Can well, I think expect. the thing is, is like my point being is like you, you, you cull down to five or six people that are sort of on your wavelength yeah. like for, for us because we were such social people and we went out and we liked to have a laugh and we're quite extroverted people mm-hmm. like my five or six are quite extroverted people yeah. they might have like calmed down had families had kids but they've still got their capabilities like if they want to have a laugh and have a party and do something rogue, right, they will do like still relapse but um
1: But no, you're right, like there is like as you're growing up, for me especially, there was like a pressure almost to have the most friends or be in as many groups of people as possible, right? Yeah. But as you said, now you've got to an, a certain age where I think it becomes more apparent in your mid to late twenties where you start to see people for what they are. And you start to like say thin out thin out that that friendship group that you've got and you end up with where we are now with five or six
0: yeah, good friends. I think like during that culling those, like, it's not like most of those people that we now call acquaintances disappear. They just become like friends through social media. Like a very, very low maintenance type of relationship where you'd say uh, congratulations or like a post on like a wedding photo even though you like you, you probably Yeah, you don't care. Or you don't you care. feel like their wedding's really over the top, but I'm still going to do a shout-out. Or you'll comment and say, like, oh, how adorable your baby is, even though it looks like a bold Susan Boyle. <sighs> but, like, it's it's, it's like, uh, what do they call it? Like, good old-fashioned being nice for the sake of being nice.
1: Like, yeah. Just trying not to offend anyone.
0: Yeah, because you, you still stay in contact with them. You reach out when something pivotal happens in their life. By liking a comment, they get engaged, they get married, they buy a house. Okay. You're there to reach out, but they're not, they're not megally important to you.
1: It's funny, right? Because I've got my friends. Yeah. Like I said, like five or six good friends that I'm ringing if shit hits the fan. But I've also then got my extended friends who aren't friends.
0: Yeah. Do, I get do you do know mean. what I mean by yeah. that?
1: So when I say they're not friends, I don't mean I don't like them as people. Well, but I, if I see them out, I talk to them, catch yeah. up, how are you doing Let's have a beer.
0: But I think it's because of the fact of your extended friend group, is created through the friends that you have because like I've got my five or six, but you've got your own five or six. I'm only one of them. Mm-hmm. But then that means that I'm also associated with your other f- four or five. Yeah, sure. So if I saw any of the other four or five that you're close to, I'd still say hello to them.
1: My, my, case in point, my stag do.
0: Yeah, exactly. You,
1: you, you didn't really know many faces before no. you went, but now you've, you've actually made like best friends off of it. Yeah. Not best friends, but real, real good friends. Um, we, question for you it's it's on this point do you or are you still in contact with or are you still friends with anybody you went to school with
0: Uh, primary school I'd probably say like yeah through social media uh, kept in contact over the years Um, uh, maybe secondary school no again same sort of scenario there was only a few that I sort of took through and kept loosely in contact with it's funny isn't it like so I I said a lot of that would have been driven what I say kept in contact with I hear about things that they go through, through your parents, because obviously, while you're at school, you become friends with that person. You're at a point in your life where obviously so you don't drive, so to be able to engage socially, it's usually like their parent will bring them across, so you're automatically your mum and their mum come friends.
1: Not for me. My, my parents don't like anyone.
0: <laughs> nah, okay. Well, in my scenario, it's more <laughs> of a case of like, quite often my mum would turn around to me like, oh, do you remember so-and-so from your school? They've now got married, because... My mum's still friends with their mum on like Facebook or whatever.
1: Yeah, get up. So there, she yeah. so
0: she hears about it. So I hear I hear through things through that like oh so and so that you went to school is just having their third child. it's like okay.
1: Yeah, like I have friends from secondary school who I was joint at the hip with through most of our teenage years. Like you know once we lost our virginities and stuff, it was like the race of who could shag first, and we knew everything the ins and outs of each other's arsehole, Right? Not not on a, li- <laughs> a little not on a literal scale. Just not a disclaimer.
0: Literal, but
1: now. I don't speak to, engage with, or you know, I am not on a level with any of them anymore. But there is a few that I still do bump into randomly, and I will like have a catch up or a chin wag or a beer with them. It it tends to be like on a night out or at a social event where you see these people and you just you you end up like talking for hours because you've got years and years worth to catch up on. But they're no longer my my friends as such. I wouldn't ring them if anything goes wrong.
0: Don't you find as well, like where? You'll go to, I'm trying to think of an example, um, like say Hannah will become friends with a girl at work and you'll get invited to her wedding and then you'll get to the wedding and it'll be like one of the bride's cousins goes out with someone that you went to school with that you haven't seen for like six years and you're like fancy seeing you here and then you end up with a bit of like, there's loads of scenarios like that where you end up just randomly crossing paths with people that were in your life quite prolific those years ago. You don't talk for 10 years and then suddenly at a wedding you're like, oh, I didn't realize that you were so-and-so's yeah. cousin's wife. Like,
1: Yeah, I guess like the perfect example is one of my best friends or one of our best friends, Ollie, yeah. is married to Hannah's cousin. But I knew Ollie... Yeah, before. Before I knew Hannah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so, you know, all of a sudden when I moved into Hannah's family, I knew I knew people straight away. So it's yeah, like nice so and
0: comfortable. It comes about. but. Um, the other point I was going to sort of raise, what I think is quite of funny, is the way the friendships like sort of shift where you're saying like the people that were really close in your life when you were in school, they're no longer, and then the people that are in your massive acquaintanceship group that you see on a regular basis when you go out for Tuesday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights in town, no longer important to you and you cull them down to your five or six. It ends up coming full circle because once you've got kids yourself and you then go to take them to school, as they get their friends at school, before you know it, you've got 10 mums and 10 dads or more that you're suddenly in a friendship group with that you'll go into Victoria Country Park for picnics and holidays and laser tags and bowling situations stuff like that. And then suddenly you've got a big friendship group that you just of acquaintances again that you socialise with that aren't really that close to you. Honestly, that sounds terrible. It does, but you know it's going to happen because that's what happens. I
1: don't want that to happen. It will.
0: because it's much, you, won't, you won't now, but it just it naturally happens.
1: I struggle to make time for my existing best friends. I've got no time to be recruiting any other best friends or any other loose
0: friends. Yeah, but I think you've got to think about the fact that what will more likely happen is say, like out of those five or six friends that you've got, quite a few of them you'll live close to, and the kids end up becoming friends. So in those social scenarios, like when it's your kid's birthday and they go for a bowling party, my kid will come to your kid's bowling party. Yeah. Or when you have a barbecue around here and we're stood around the barbecue and it's me and you that already existing friends, but then there's four dads there that are dads of kids that are at Colby school. Nope. They're not invited. <laughs> but they will be. No, they're not. Also. Because <laughs> the partners will be close to Hannah. That's where, this is, this is the thing that we're forgetting. We're talking, you're thinking about it from a guy's And I completely agree with you, but what you need to remember is women in in our scenario are miles more social, and when you get settled down with a woman, they tend to not run your social calendar, but they run your social calendar for the things that you aren't really interested in doing. Hannah will naturally become close to Colby's friends' mums, so... You will get dragged to two barbecues that you don't want to you go to. You
1: are right because anything going on, I have to ask Hannah because she's got it all in her diary. Exactly. Even when it comes to like, seeing my parents, yeah. Hannah will say, No, 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 you can't do that. We're going to mum and dad's this weekend. Yeah. I'm like, What? I don't <laughs> so know she's, about getting, this. she's got it all locked down. But you say you've got your certain best friends who live near you. I totally disagree. You're the closest best friend that I've got. <laughs> And you're 25 minutes away. Yeah, 25 minutes is
0: nothing in the car. It's only 25 minutes.
1: But even my best friends, I don't want to be near. (laughs) (laughs) This this is how anti-human... I live in in Winchester and you live in Southampton. This is how anti-human I am. (laughs) It's close enough. I've got you in Winchester. Kyle's over in North Mm Battersley. Kurt is in Weybridge. Wes is in Weybridge. And Matt is in Essex. Yeah. And Dub is down in Waterloo. None of my best friends are near me. No. It's, it's a minimum 30-minute drive to see any of you. But I'm okay with that because we're of an age now. You touched on it before in this podcast. We are of an age whereby low-maintenance friendships are what's required because there's so much external stuff going on around us yeah. that we can't... Nowadays, we cannot devote 100% of our time to our friends.
0: Well, it's like the way you look at it is because you have five or six close friends. hmm You have your own stuff to do with your family. Mm you can't... Well, there's only seven days in the week. If you allocated one evening or one day to each of those friends, especially if those friends don't mingle with each other, that's mostly your week taken up. So it's, it, they have to be low maintenance as you get older because it's just... It, it's physically impossible.
1: Yeah, like... My low maintenance friendships, we text. How are you? Yeah, all good. If anything's wrong, you ring me. If anything's wrong my end, I'll ring you. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's as good as it gets for me. And then once a year, twice a year, we'll all get together, everyone... Mm-hmm. We'll have, we'll have a, a few beers and a barbecue. Perfect for me. Yeah, That's that's the way it has to be.
0: It usually falls around like big events, whether it's like birthday, World Cup, rugby. Or we go away. Or we go away. Queen's Jubilee's coming up. might be something that goes on around that weekend. Mm.
1: But I also feel like as we're getting older, the excuses to get together are changing. So it used to be, it's my birthday this weekend. We're going to go out in town and we're going to get hammered. Now it's... My birthday's coming up. Should we, should we go camping? Should we have a barbecue? Should we have a bonfire? Like, it's, it's totally different now.
0: Yeah, I think it's more like when you're younger, it, it was seeing each other often for no reason, not necessarily quality time. Like, if you get what I mean. So it'd just be like going to the pub for the sake of it, going out drinking for the sake of it, going out for food for the sake of it, mm-hmm. things like that, where it's like you're together, but you're doing something and it, it is basically... Just to because you've got so much time that then without priorities and you're not in like well into a career, you haven't got a house over your head, you're probably still living with your parents, you've got the time to do those things. Whereas now we probably see less of each other, but when we do it's it's more like organised and longer periods. So like where you touched on the fact of like camping or barbecues and things like that, like we'd organise a camping weekend where you'd spend forty-eight or seventy-two hours together yeah, of just quality time in a place doing things like walks and dinners and stuff like that. But it's just, it's, it's close knit quality time rather than just little often for the sake yeah. of it. Yeah. So obviously me and
1: you have been friends for well over 20 years now. I think it's coming up to,
0: I think it'd be 25 next year. Would it really?
1: No, it I'm only 31. We didn't even know I was six. Mm. No, eight. So it'd be 23. I was probably eight or nine. But do you think our friendship and what we've built over these years is sort of the last of a dying breed? Like, do you do you believe, obviously, that millennial Gen Z shift is taking place whereby you don't need to make friends anymore because all your friends are on your headset?
0: I get, I yeah, I kind of, I kind of get that, but also I think like with, um, I think it just depends as well, like what sort of people you are. And like you said, like your priorities shift. So, like with with our relationship, obviously, it's gone through periods of time where it will go from being like real close to low, low maintenance, and back up again because of different things that happen in your life. So, like where you lived away and you went in the army, you had a partner that had a friendship group that I wasn't really involved in before. So, it's it depends at what point you are in your life to what it is. But because me and you are very well, we we're, cl- we're close because we're similar like yeah. we're, not, we're not friends because our partners are friends we aren't friends for like any external reason like because of my parents or anything like that do you know what i mean it's like we're friends because we're similar and we've always got on yeah. from a young yeah, age jailed. so we've always stayed present in each other's lives whether it's been a lot or little so i think that's what sort of carried it through whereas yeah i think like other friendships that you have like i've had other friends that were i was close to or around the time of when we first met, but because we were just different people, and your priorities shift. Like I think of like one, like obviously we, we're not going to name names, but like one that I met pretty much around the same time as you. Like he ended up having a kid when we were like what? I think I was about twenty four, maybe. So he would have been about twenty, mm-hmm. maybe twenty twenty one. Like at that point, like I wasn't ready to start settling so no. down and have kids, and even no. with you, so. His life automatically shifts, and then we just didn't have anything in common, you just sort of you, anyway
1: you grow apart, and I think one of the main casing points to to take away is that as you get older, your friendship groups do change right, and things life does take you on different paths, yeah, and it's okay to to grow apart it doesn't necessarily mean you don't like that person, that person doesn't like you. No. But you do, life does pull you in different directions sometimes and it, yeah. is, it is just a natural progression to, to walk away, not walk away from each other, like never deal with each other ever again, but you do grow apart and it is okay to grow apart.
0: Yeah. Well, I've got, prime example, I've got two uh, close friends that are girls. They were part of like a, a 10 friendship girl group when I was younger. They are still, still mostly all acquainted with each other. But they've kind of broken off into, I'd say, out of the 10, two separate groups. Mm. And I'd say that there's like a... The best way to describe it is probably say there's there's like a, a group of four and a group of four. And then in the middle, there's like, couple, two, couple well, like two, two to three sort of like glues that bounce between the yeah. two. And because of those glues, which funnily enough are two of the girls that I'm still really close with, I get to see the others because the fact if they ever have a barbecue, it ends up bringing all of them together. Yeah.
1: It's funny that like that that I think that might be a girl thing because Hannah has like four five friends yeah and they've been friends since primary school.
0: That's mad, but I think that's that's a it's again like a, a girl thing.
1: Yeah, I think girls go through such a huge change. Like guys don't tend to change too much. We we don't grow up till we're later. No, but girls tend to go through such a huge physio- physiological change.
0: Mm.
1: You know, they get their period and they get tits and yeah. You know, like, losing their virginity is a huge deal. Yeah. To a guy, it's like, I've just done some shagging. Yeah. But to a girl, it's like they've given up their sort of purity. Yeah. So is it, I think girls go through so much more, like, emotionally. Yeah. They They tend to be closer.
0: And I think also as well, like, I think men, or us, from my experience growing up, our social life is more spontaneous. So I think we don't tend to plan it too much it's more of a case of like even with me and you and most of my other friends like it's one o'clock and you're having lunch on a friday you're thinking about shooting from work early what do you do you text a couple of your mates to say you're fancy is going grabbing a beer yeah it's not diaried in it's not pre-planned over the next like two weeks it's pretty ad hoc it's just ad hoc spontaneous that's like men that's how we run our social lives whereas women are sort of driven from that young age as they start to become busy because they're so much more organised their social lives are so diary-driven. So I think that also helps them incorporate keeping those relationships so close because they make sure, like, let's get a coffee more in the diary. Let's get this in the diary. Let's get a... And so that's what helps them to to have those.
1: I think that also stems from when, when guy meets girl, guy's life carries on as normal. All of a sudden, girl has someone to look after because... You know, without sugarcoating anything, men are just children
0: in, yeah, in, in, in like
1: adults' bodies. We don't yeah. grow up till till later on in life. No, no, exactly. So from early, women are looking after men, like mothering to a point. And to mother it needs to be organised. So you have to get some sort of sense of organisation. Mm-hmm. Because if she, if the woman if she led her life the same as the guy, yeah, it would be utter fucking chaos. chaos yeah. So there isn't, isn't the element of she's grown up first, so she has to take control of everything around you and just guide the Neanderthal man to mm. wherever he needs
0: to go. I think it's also as well, like, we focus so much of our organisational skills into our jobs that we just can't be bothered with it, with our social life. You Almost like when you get home, you just want to switch off. I think as well, like, where you touched on the fact of like, when you get into a relationship and when you have that person in your life... They do tend to run your social life. because they run your entire calendar. Well, they do, because basically like, if you ever wanted to do something, like grabbing a beer on the way in from work on a Friday it's not too much of a big deal. But if I turn around to you now and said, what are you going to do Saturday? First thing you're going to ask, Hannah, what am I doing Saturday? I, I'll check with Hannah, yeah. Yeah, because she'll tell you, like, oh, we're going to go see so-and-so. We've got a party with so-and-so, blah, blah, blah.
1: We've had, like, huge events booked in, and I've just purged it from my brain. But it's because, as well, being a man-child... I know I don't have to think about it because it's been thought about for me. Yeah. So I know that I can just have an empty brain Mm. and well, as empty as it it can be without having stress and stuff like that. But
0: And I think as well, that's that's what ends up happening with regards to like who you keep in your life as those core five or six partners, because Mm -hmm. it's definitely important that your partner gets along with that person. So, like, I get, get along with Hannah really well. Yeah. So that's what helps me being able to be present in your life. Because it's, yeah. it's, it sounds stupid to say, but it's almost like she allows it. I know it's not that case, but it is it is in a way because she's happy to prioritise her and you spending time with me because she likes spending time with me.
1: Yeah, if if it was a, a case of, you know, Hannah wasn't sure on you or, you know, any of your your friends' partners weren't sure on you, they'd be like
0: well they're happy for you like, you're still happy for you to be friends with them but it's more of a case of like they tell I don't want to spend time with them yeah so it's like you, you. we're not doing anything Friday night so you're more than happy to go and have a beer and a burger with him at the pub I'm yeah, not going to come I'm
1: not going but me I I, I would say well I don't want to go without you I yeah. Hannah. So without Hannah because I'm, I'm away so much of work I yeah. like my spare time spent spend time with Hannah and exactly. Colby exactly
0: so then those relationships tend to drift because correct
1: but this priority. is also a huge huge thing that it fucking grates on me when people say you should never, ever sacrifice your friends for a boyfriend or girlfriend. And, and don't get me wrong.
0: When, yeah, there are layers to that. When
1: but... you're growing up and you're in your teenage years and, you, and you're mid-twenties yeah. or early twenties, yeah, do no. No, n- no. never sacrifice your friends for a partner. Because exactly. chances are they're, never, they're not going to be around long term. But when you get to our age, if you're with somebody, you're all in. Yeah. Right? So there has to come a point whereby you prioritize your partner over your friends. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people who are single, who are still prioritizing their friends. And Mrs. Wright is walking in and out of their life on a monthly basis because they're trying to please their friends. But all their friends are in fucking relationships.
0: Yeah. So I'm a bit of a culprit for that. Do you think? I don't think. Well, I'm, I'm it's not, not,
1: not at you. I'm not attacking no, no, you no. like you
0: attack I'm me. Not, I'm not a culprit of that massively, but I mean in the sense of, I'd say, it depends on circumstances. I think like with us, like both me and you have been divorced, which we talk, talked about on, on different podcasts. So I'm at a point in my life now where, as much as I'd love to meet somebody because I've already been through that period in my life, I've experienced it. It friends are more important to me.
1: You've also said, like, given your recent your recent dating history, you've said, I don't need pen pals. I don't. Or friends, because you've got enough friends. I've got enough friends in my life. Yeah. And like, you, like I've said, you struggle to make time for them because yeah. of everything else which is going on external factors. You ain't got time for any other friends. But if there is somebody who shows that they're all in, then you can jump all in. Yeah, And then all of your friends, if you had plans booked in, and you said, look... I'm taking this girl out, do you mind if we reschedule? All of your friends will go, look, you carry on, you go do you. Mm-hmm. Your friends will fully understand and be on board that if, if you're willing to sacrifice your time of your friends, this person is worthy of your time.
0: Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, and they also like as well, when, when it's your close-knit friends like that, they, they know and kind of appreciate it. Like for, for me, if I suddenly went quiet and wasn't as present in your life or my friends Jen and Kirsty and so on, and they said, like, oh, is there a girl in your life? And I said, yeah. They know because I've gone quiet, she's important to me.
1: Yes, because your attention's elsewhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I've was, say, dating. I don't really like calling it dating. They call it dating nowadays, but to me, dating's such a, a big big label. It's more serious. Yeah, but, um, yeah someone recently. And I was probably prioritising them oh. a, a fair... For damn sure, fair bit of my time. Yeah, but uh, sadly, it didn't work out.
1: But all of your friends who who are around you understood where you were, where you were coming from, and I'm going to say, like, I'm not going to say, allowed you that time, but understood that your attention and priority was elsewhere, yeah, temporarily, yeah. And that's just, I
0: guess, again, that's that low maintenance friendship. It, it just comes back to it. Yeah, it, and I think happening. as well, like obviously, as friends, you appreciate and want. That person to meet somebody.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, obviously, there's nothing more that I want than for you to meet someone, settle down, and then all of a sudden, like, mine, Hannah's, and Colby's little immediate umbrella grows. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And then it comes back to our kids hang out together. Exactly. And they don't go to school because we live in the fucking woods. Yeah. And we teach them. (laughs) We teach them everything. How to live off the land. Yeah. And not go to school their school is going to be carpentry
0: and building from a young
1: age we're basically amish <laughs>
0: Just start our own we're cult
1: basically english amish and yeah.
0: troopers it's gonna change into dj djf cult
1: oh yeah and if you want to come live in the woods with us then we'll vet the people because we don't like people but we'll vet them if they pass then they can come live in the woods with us yeah,
0: conditions are you need to be outdoorsy and you need to sell all of your properties, cars, worldly belongings, and then just come live in the forest with us. And Hannah Barron, if you're listening, please come and live with us.
1: Imagine if Hannah Barron listened to this
0: podcast. Yeah. I mean, if anyone is listening to that podcast, this podcast, and kind of remotely thinks I'm cool, check on Insta who Hannah Barron is, and if you think you're anywhere near remotely like her, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) She does
1: noodling. Like noodling's gnarly. Noodling? What's you know noodling it? is? No. Fuck. Where she goes, she holds her breath and goes under the water.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah And she, see. like,
1: hooks a catfish with yeah, her, her arms. Arm. So he goes, like, in through the catfish mouth yeah. and out through its gill. Yeah. And they're, like, 125 pounds.
0: And then she wrestles them underwater and then comes up holding onto it.
1: Yeah, she's strong. Yeah,
0: it's wild. Talking to Hannah Barron and me sort of shamelessly asking someone to hit me up if do anything like them, I was talking to you about the fact that... um I decided this week to go back on dating apps. And then I was curious because I thought like me and you look at like Hannah Barron as an outdoorsy girl and she's from Alabama. So I decided to select my location on my profile and dropped it in Alabama where Hannah Barron is from. And the difference in profiles compared to here is ridiculous ridiculous but
1: you said to me the girls in alabama from what you've seen yes aren't necessarily prettier or more attractive than the women over
0: here no so it's not like it's not a stereotype but they put so much more effort in their profiles they have so
1: they have more attractive qualities because of the way they portray themselves not not
0: how they look all their pictures are of them doing things riding their horse, walking their dog, feeding their ponies, <laughs> <laughs> feeding, riding quad bikes, doing archery, like they're like action shots whereas 8 80 to 90% of like local I don't know like Tinder or Hinge or whatever you're on profiles is just girls like in the mirror of a toilet in a dress at a wedding at a nightclub. I'll tell holding you what holding it is. a co- holding a cocktail or a porn star... <laughs> Just holding a cock. Yeah, holding a cock. No. It's shallow. It's actually, it's shallow. It's just, like, yeah, it's just it's just it's basically selfies. They're not like action shots of them doing something. It's not a picture that someone's took of you doing something and you look really pretty in it. It's a picture you've taken of yourself sat next to your mate holding a cocktail in a bar, you sat next to another mate, I don't know, at brunch. Like it's just they're
1: they're boring. It's Instagram for shagging. You only ever put like good decent photos on which I understand it's dating you've got to sell yourself but sell yourself in a different way like you say like the girls that you've seen stateside are outdoors adventurous yeah every or 90% of girls just like here. looking at
0: the profile you get such a great judgement of who they are as a character because it's showing like the type of things that they get up to the type of person they are they can ski or snowboard they can Ride a horse, like... It's... But you
1: you also, from one picture and one bio, you hypothetically build a life yeah. of how life could be, right? Whereas the girls in the UK, or locally, it's a nightclub toilet picture. And every single girl locally, it's a nightclub toilet
0: picture. Like, there's no, there's no difference. No, it's just... it's. I don't know what it... I, I'm not going to be able to put my finger on it, because we're not from America, so we can't look at it from, like... If, me if if I moved to America now and then spent a couple of years doing dating apps out there, I could then come back and talk on this podcast and be like, these are the reasons why it's completely different. Mm. But I think the best way to sort of like describe it is like if, if a girl that rode horses in the UK did a Tinder profile, she'll post a picture of her next to her pony brushing it or hugging it to show that she has a horse. Uh-huh. Whereas the girl in Alabama is on it no hat. Yeah. Like, in horse, a field. Horse
1: on its hind legs.
0: Yeah, like, just like an action shot that's been yeah. took by someone that looked real cool.
1: It, but it's not like, hey, take a photo of me for for social media.
0: Well, it's, it's more of the fact of, like, the girl in Alabama is saying, like, hey, I ride horses and look how cool I am. Yeah. Whereas the girl in England is like, hey, I own a horse. Like, yes. Wow. That's yes. great. Can you ride it? There's a huge difference. Yeah.
1: Huge difference. But um, talking of horses and outdoors and farms, we have our first Pharma Sutra submission.
0: Oh, from the public.
1: Now, Pharma Sutra is a segment of our show whereby anonymously people submit through Instagram, WhatsApp, email, whatever they see fit, failed sex stories or failed dating stories whereby one or both parties were left... Feeling like animals.
0: So I know this girl that um, had been talking to a guy, typically and annoyingly, like a pen pal, for a couple of weeks, and decided to go on a date with him. And then, part I think they went somewhere in Oxford Street in Southampton. Partway through the meal, he started to not feel too great. So they paid for the bill and left the restaurant. Uh, he wasn't drinking. So being the gentleman that I guess, or even I thought he was at the time, um, is driving her back to hers... And then whilst driving her back to hers, he shits himself and projectile vomits over his steering (gasps) wheel and all down the front of himself. And then felt like so rough that had like that crippling, like he's in trouble pain. So they've managed to get back to her house and he's then had to go up to hers because he's in so much pain he can't drive. He's so ill he had to stay at hers for three days. Because, <laughs> like, I probably should have said at the beginning of the story, this, this guy wasn't local. I think he was, like, from Guildford. Um, so he's, he's travelled down to Southampton to see her. Stop. Guildford is not so far away. No, it's not. But he... He's not drive home in 45 but, minutes. But it's like he had food poisoning, like, bad. <laughs> and was in Fuck. a world of pain. So he's then just been basically on her sofa. She's given him a bucket. Clean up a sick. Marry her. He's constantly going like to and from the toilet and like chundering and shitting himself. Does she live alone? Yeah, yeah. She lives by herself. He should definitely have put a ring on her finger. Put I a think. ring on her finger? No. First date not first date material. They didn't even have sex. As soon as he was well enough to leave, he left and she never heard from him again. I I think though
1: it's all it's one thing to have sex with somebody and, and like put yourself out there in like vulnerability in that sense. Yeah, on the first date. If you shit yourself on the first date, there's nothing more you need to know about that person. Like, all vulnerability is on the table there. Yeah.
0: And if the girl still sticks around. Wi-Fi. 100%. Although, I feel like you need to text the girl that sent us the voice note. Yeah. And I need to contact my friend because this could be the same guy. Do you think he could be like the phantom shitter
1: there's a there's a theme around guys <laughs> shitting their pants, right? I know a girl you know her i 'm not going to say what it was because it 's far too obvious, but they had uh, they had an event yeah for, for them, and he he had previous where he'd shat his pants and he was drunk. They had an argument at their party right, and she pushed him he fell over. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. He fell over, he hit his head and knocked himself out. But in knocking himself out, he shat his pants <laughs> in front of everyone.
0: That is amazing. And
1: then he had to he had to go around the rest of, of his party, shitty pants, I guess. That's,
0: that's hilarious.
1: But I don't think I've been that bad where I've shat myself.
0: No. Although, I feel like we've just hammered guys. And I will say that recently I went to a friend's engagement party where... It was basically supposed to be her family was there in the daytime with kids. The real close friends came sort of like mid-afternoon because we knew the family and sort of mingled between the two. And then as it moved closer into the evening, the other friends and acquaintances came and it was supposed to just be like the younger lot. We drink, listen to music and... After dark. After dark, yeah. yeah, The party starts. But what in actual fact actually happened was all her aunties and her mum, etc., got way too drunk in the daytime that they didn't want to leave. Of course. So they stayed with us. Oh, no. And not naming names, but her auntie (laughs) got so drunk that she pissed herself, went upstairs, took her knickers off, put her leggings back on, come back down, and just carried on partying. Love that. Love it. I love that. So much time for that.
1: But... For most people, pissing yourself in public could be the end of your night. So the fact that she's got the gall to just go like, oh, "I'll just take these pissy pants
0: off and put them in the bin, and, and just get go back go,
1: get back amongst them. I love that. Yeah. Like we've all pissed ourselves. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's a human function. Just just fucking wear it.
0: Yeah, just, I think that was that's up there as one of the most famous, that favorite nights of my thirties because I remember asking her in front of her daughter. Um what were you doing when you were 23? Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me and mouthed sucking a dick. A a bigé. Yeah. And I was just like, your auntie's pissed.
1: That um, actually brings me into another point. We had another submission, another question come through the Instagram. And the question was, if a blowjob was worth £5,000, how much money are you making each month?
0: So if, the if, if every
1: time you've got a blowjob, you've got, you got 5K. How, oh. how much money are you
0: making each month? Uh, so thinking back to married, married life. Just in general. How much money am I making a month married life? I'm in debt. Two and a half grand? <laughs> I'm in debt. <laughs> you only get five grand when you finish, Just right? Just doing it yourself, right? <laughs> Speaking of rogue questions like that, um, my friend Jen sent in a question for me to ask you. Okay. I've already answered it to her, but I'd like to know your opinion. Mm-hmm. Would you chew a bag full of shit for a million pounds.
1: Whose shit is it? Like, is there context? Um, is it dog
0: just, shit? Just any shit. We can be dog shit.
1: Chew but... or... So uh, is the bag like exploding in your mouth? If you've got yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's just like you're presented with a bag full of shit and you're offered a million pounds to just chew up. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I like all the girls sort of respond to it like oh my God, like, I'm not too sure. Rah, rah, rah. And I just said yep. Yeah. I'd probably do it for a hundred grand and yeah. I'd probably still consider it for ten grand.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're men should. are just fucking reflects.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I would just like to point out, I hope it doesn't reflect in this week's episode, but the rate we have had to pause and cut this podcast because of the awful choice of beer.
0: I and mean, this beer is a a great tasting beer lovely. and anyone who try it, it is amazing. But the wheat that is in it is it's like each beer is like a loaf of bread. Your acid reflux is going through the roof. I'm intolerant we're, now. We're basically trying not to either burp or fart every other, like <laughs> four, every four or five words. It's horrendous.
1: It is. It's a lovely beer, but I think I'm intolerant.
0: I definitely have a wheat intolerance, I think.
1: And on that note,
0: we shall end this we, episode.
1: But what we need from you guys is if you know anybody interesting, or if you're interested, then get in contact with us because we've got a mm. new little project in the pipeline and we want to push it out as far as we can. So if you know anybody who's interested or if you get up to anything interesting that we could potentially get involved in, then reach out to us at DGF underscore podcast on Instagram or DGF underscore podcast at outlook.com and let's get involved or get us involved.
0: Yeah, anybody that's got it can be your own business or If you review things, you're a bit of an influencer, you're a keen photography person, like anything. It can be like something that even is just like a hobby that you're scaling up or a business that you're scaling up. Just get in contact.
1: As always, guys, thank you very much for listening to Damn Good Friends podcast. We love to tell our stories for you to listen to. And if there's anything you want us to discuss or you would like to hear, please
0: do let us know. Yes, thank you very much. And thank you for pushing yourself through last week's episode
1: yeah we appreciate that and we apologise once again so drink coffee and be sexy that's another episode of Damn Damn Good good Friends friends wrapped up I've been Rick I've been Ben and to all those before who didn't want it to end to whiskey to life to damn damn good friends